I'm gonna be honest right now. Oh, yeah. When I first started this movie, I didn't really think anything of Pete Davidson. Not that I thought he was terrible or anything. I just didn't really think anything of him. And <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> started this film because I watched this with two of my housemates because yeah. I live with three other people. We were kind of thinking like, eh, he's like, he's fine. Like he's not the cutest, like oh most attractive gosh. person ever. And I have to say, <laughs> after watching this film, I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> I was like, he's kind of cute. I am Delaney. And I'm Michaela. And today we are featuring the king of Staten Island. So Pete Davidson stars in this one. Yeah, it's his, I think this is his first starring film where he's the lead. Oh, so. Yes. So it's a take on Davidson's life, who actually did lose his firefighter father during the September 11 attacks. In this film, which is why it's labeled as kind of a a darker comedy, is because Mm -hmm. you see him battle with depression throughout the movie. He's just overcome by the loss of his father. And he barely, you know, he was seven years old in the movie and in real life when he Mm -hmm. lost his father. It also shows how he's battling other problems too. It's not just Mm -hmm. depression. He's battling Crohn's disease. He's battling Mm -hmm. ADHD. He's like smoking marijuana constantly. And it's also like a way to help him cope with these medical problems. Yeah. And, you know, he's a high school dropout. He is unemployed. This movie is not just a comedy. It's a dark Mm -hmm. comedy. So it's going to have its comedic moments, Mm -hmm. obviously, but it's also going to talk about like really heavy shit. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be like bridesmaids or stepbrothers. It's going to talk about serious things as well. We know that it is loosely based on Pete Davidson's life Mm -hmm. and it's as if He never became a comedian, probably, just a take Mm -hmm. on what he thinks would have happened. And so we know that he lives with his mom. He has a younger sister who's Mm -hmm. going to college. And then his mom, for the first time since he lost his dad when he was seven, she -hmm. starts dating another firefighter. His character's name is Scott. Yeah, It's really turning around Scott's life because he's really upset that his mom is dating somebody who's not just one guy. He's also a firefighter. Do we recommend this movie? (laughs) Oh, yes. I would definitely recommend this film because not only does it kind of dive into Pete Davidson, kind of teaches you like him as a person, a comedian, and also dives into the effects of losing a parent, Crohn's disease, his ADHD, but I really enjoyed it. I would have to warn that it's a dark comedy, as we've said before, I was talking about some really heavy shit. If you don't mind dark comedies, I would say you should check this film out. I I completely agree. I 100% recommend this film. It's, to me, a must-see to have a comedy that's based in realism. And watching this film doesn't take it lightly, and it takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I love the character. It did such a great job in making me feel sympathetic for him because he was so relatable okay now we'll go into spoiler territory now in it okay (laughs) so spoiler alert yay the film opens up with a close-up of pete davidson who plays a 24 year old man named scott man child man child yeah right (laughs) um 
we just get a close-up of him driving. We don't see the outline or the car as a whole. We just get a close-up on his face. So we know who's driving. We can hear other cars zoom in past him. And then as viewers, we see he closes his eyes. And at first, we're kind of like, okay, so he just, I don't know, resting his has eyes. A I don't know. Like, yeah, probably has a headache. But mm-hmm. then he's kind of holding on. He's not open in his eyes and you're still hearing cars drive past him and he's accelerating on the gas. You can hear it. And we're like, oh my God, please don't hurt yourself, please. Yeah. He can obviously not only hurt himself, but hurt other people. But then he freaks out. He hits another car and they weren't seriously injured or anything. It was a scrape because when he tapped into the yeah. car, basically they ended up swerving out of control. Yeah, so... He does a hit and run. He doesn't stop. He just sees them as he's driving by, like, through his rear mirror. And he's just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Obviously, dude, you did something super dumb and illegal. And he created the problem, but he doesn't want to own up to it. So he's now running away. And it was kind of cute to hear him, like, apologize profusely afterwards, even though he was literally saying it to dead space. Did you even notice? Scott puts on his seatbelt after he does the hit. Yes, yes. So So, he was trying to kill himself. I guess he changed his mind when he decided to open his eyes. And he did swerve because he was literally about to ram into a car. But in Mm. the process of swerving, he taps another and causes an accident. So that's the intro to the movie. (laughs) You know it's not a full-on comedy because it's already super intense. We cut to Scott. He's now like in this basement with his friends. Mm -hmm. And they're all smoking. There's this one girl in the friend group and her name's Kelsey and she immediately is like let's do something let's go out Scott and the other guy friends they're all like no no we're just chilling we're just enjoying this movie right here and Kelsey actually brought another girlfriend with her and she's like introducing her friend to everybody because you can tell that the girl's new because she's asking Scott about his tattoos mm-hmm. and he has tattoos all over himself and his friends also have tattoos and that's how we learn that he actually practices his <laughs> tattoo artistry and then she sees this one that tattoo on him that has like a number and he says it, it's the date that his dad died but that's how we learn that Scott's dad died when he was seven because he was a fireman and he died in a hotel fire of course like that's a really heavy information You could tell he still needs to process it, but with his friends, I feel like he tries to take it a lighter route. Kelsey and Scott make eyes at each other, and as viewers are like, oh, 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 what's going on here? Yeah, (laughs) oh my gosh. We see them having sex. Because of them making eyes at each other, we find out that it's a secret. None of the other friends know that they're having casual sex. Kelsey actually wants something more, but... Scott is actually saying that he doesn't want to jeopardize the relationship and he's telling her that she deserves better than him. It's the same story I feel like. The woman wants to commit and the man doesn't want to commit and his excuse for not committing is because you know oh he just doesn't want to ruin a good friendship and the girl's confused by that. It just seemed kind of like the same old same old. I see what the film's doing you know because he's obviously not in a place to commit. So I see what the film's going with that but yeah it was was interesting to see it play out again 
our friendship is already kind of jeopardized. We've already had sex. Him and Kelsey are kind of having this talk about their relationship. He's saying that she deserves better than him. She says, I feel bad that you don't think that you are great. And so she just feels bad because he doesn't realize how awesome he is. Yeah, I think it's refreshing to see that in a guy's perspective. Because I feel like often enough, you always hear from women that, oh, like, I think I'm okay. I feel like too often in films, men are projected as overconfident and women are not as confident. He obviously likes her. And throughout the film, you know that he likes her, but he he doesn't want to commit or to put a label on it because he doesn't want to screw it up. He feels like uh, he doesn't want to burden her. Mm-hmm. He, he tells her that he has like medical problems and yeah. he doesn't think there's something right mentally with him. This film talks a lot about mental health and dealing with those issues. And, you know, he likes so much of society is just trying to carry that burden by himself. So we see Scott lives with his mom, who is played by Marissa Tomei, and we find out that she is a school nurse as well as an ER nurse. The sister, she's actually graduating from high school, so they're preparing for a high school graduation party for her. He goes to the garage to grab a suit because his mom is making him wear a suit to this party. Mm-hmm. The thing is that he doesn't own one, so he's going to the garage because he's looking through his dad's stuff yeah. to find a suit. We cut to him being with his friends again. One of his friends is actually having like an online relationship with this girl. So his friend's name is Igor and he is like talking to this really hot girl online named Carla. And all of his friends are just convinced that he's being catfished. (laughs) And while they're all having this conversation, we see this high school kid come up to the basement window and he's asking for Xanax because they're selling to like high school kids. You see, it cuts to Claire's graduation party, graduating with her cousin, Joanne. So we realized that it's like a joint graduation party. Mm -hmm. And this is the part that made me laugh out loud. So it's when Scott is just talking randomly to this other kid named Todd. Scott is like, so where are you going to college? Like, it's just such a casual like they just started talking you guys yeah and he's like oh i'm thinking of going here he's like oh that's cool do you have do you have any weed and todd <laughs> so nonchalantly is like yeah i have some weed do you want some and he's like yeah that'd be cool and he's like okay i'll go get it and then he's like cool and then he starts walking off and then scott is like fucking home rod todd like <laughs> go todd awesome just his so comment like- right there just just made a <laughs> like a, a somewhat boring conversation to hilarious he, he did that so well the comedic timing on that and I know I'm talking about like this one scene but I really laughed out loud when that happened. totally I I love that kind of comedy where it takes you by surprise it was perfect Scott's mom is actually having a conversation with I think it's her sister at this point so Scott's mm-hmm. mom's name is Margie we find out that she hasn't dated since Scott's dad died so it's been 17 years at mm-hmm. this point we see Scott gathered around with a bunch of like yeah. uh, family friends or even family members did you know that the person who plays <laughs> uh, Scott's grandpa is his actual grandfather yeah it just reminded me just the whole vibe of it reminded me so much of our own family gatherings oh my gosh whether yes. it's like 
weddings or graduations. It's a lot of opinions from a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's huddled in their own yeah. circle. You got one circle here, one circle, one circle there. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. Scott's sister comes up to him and she's like, you going to be okay without me here? Because she's going to go off to college soon. And then mm-hmm. it's just going to be Scott and his mom living yeah. alone. And then she's like, are you going to be okay without me here? All everybody does is worry about you. I thought she did such a great job you know, Mm -hmm. portraying that she loves him, but hey, like, she's not gonna let him stop her from living her life. Yeah. It was very sweet, too, because she got him art materials, because he (laughs) is trying to make it as a tattoo artist, and so that was really sweet. Oh, (laughs) Uh, could I say this part? Yeah, she gives him a present, he opens it up, and it's paint, he's like, what the hell is this? And she's like, you know, it's paint, you know, I know you like art, and he's like, do you have the gift receipt? It's like, oh my gosh. Like, it, I, ugh, it's just like those little, it's those little quips, you know, and you can tell he's just angsty. As siblings, they just play off of each other where it's one quip after another. The sister's leaving. Everyone's crying except for Scott. Yeah. Once Claire leaves, you can tell there's an emptiness in the house. We cut to Scott and his, he's with his friends again and they're at a basketball court and his friends are all showing basically the viewers the tattoos that Scott has given them. And one of them is showing them an Obama tattoo that he gave him. And he's like, you got Obama wrong. That ain't right. Like, you can't get Obama wrong. Like, I have to wear this for the rest of my life. And then the cat with the butthole on the belly button. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was was so... (laughs) Out of all the angles of a cat, (laughs) that's the one you, you go with. And a lot of them are not very good and then he keeps saying he's like I need to practice I need to practice and he's like I need a blank canvas to practice on and he means he needs another human which is funny because I'm like you've been getting plenty of practice in they're covered you know I know as they're talking about this and how he needs to practice some more because he wants to be a better tattoo artist We see this kid who's nine years old walk up Mm -hmm. and we find out his name is Harold and he doesn't even know who these guys are. Mm -hmm. Scott is like, you want a tattoo? I need to practice. Harold being nine years old is like, yeah, I'll get a tattoo. I want the Punisher. And I'm like, oh my God. The Punisher. The Punisher. Oh my God. Scott just starts like freehanding it. Scott tattoos one single line on Harold and Harold immediately freaks out (laughs) because of the pain. Because it's a needle. Yeah, he (laughs) runs away and they're like, what, you just got one line? Like, come on. We cut to the next scene and we see that Margie Scott's mom opens the door because someone's at her door. And we see that it's Harold and his father, Raymond. Mm-hmm. and Raymond starts going off on Margie and then when Scott comes into the frame we see him start going off on Scott because he's pissed that Harold has a like single line tattoo on him and Margie is super apologetic she's like okay okay like I work for a hospital I can get this removed I'll even pay for it she was being super accommodating Ray starts being like who where's his father like I like to talk to this man to man because he's talking about Scott and he like wants to talk to Scott's father and I'm like okay dude Scott is 24 years old he's not a kid yeah and you're already talking to his mother that should be enough he shouldn't be yelling at anyone but Scott and I think really dude you're gonna let him yell at your mom running from his issues Scott 
just wants to do something reckless, like try to tattoo a random kid. And, but then every time consequences happen, he just doesn't want to own up to it. And he's okay with other people dealing with the issue. And you're just like, come on, Scott, you're so much better than this. You can, you can be better than this. Totally. Yeah. So Ray finds out that Scott's father is dead because of course he's like, where's his father? I want to yell at him. And so Margie's like, well, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And so that's when, of course, Ray is like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he leaves. And yeah. She sets up an appointment and everything yeah. to get Harold's single line tattoo removed and taken care of. You can tell she was super apologetic. She was very disappointed in Scott. Mm-hmm. She was, <sighs> she was mortified and, and she was fast acting with a plan to fix it. But this character, Raymond, wow, what a, what a first impression. But the next scene is Scott with Kelsey. And Kelsey is his friend who he's also having a casual sex with. They're uh, just having like lunch together. And she's laughing because Scott's telling her that he tattooed a nine-year-old kid. And he's like, I thought he looked 15. Like kind of like jokingly getting on him because they're laughing about it now. And so as they're having this conversation, she finds out that his sister had a grad party and she's like, you don't want me to be around your family. I've known you since we, I was in fourth grade because she was kind of wondering like, why didn't you mm-hmm. invite me? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I don't know. And she's like, well, wh- aren't we doing something? And he's like, I thought this was casual. And so <laughs> she kind of gets a little upset about this. She's like, you know, what? I don't really want to do this anymore. She's like, you need to figure your shit out and we're just going to stop doing this. And then like, of course, Scott is following her as she's walking away and he's like I should have invited you to the party I didn't realize it was a life event (laughs) she was upset because she said that a grad party is a life event yeah and she wanted to go to something that was a life event (laughs) so I was laughing at that I just thought that was funny he just isn't (laughs) thinking of her he's not thinking of her and that's what hurts Kelsey pretty much ended casual sex with Scott We see that Ray comes over to Margie's place and he comes over to apologize. He said that he felt really bad and he felt like this huge overreaction and he asked her out for coffee. Yeah. We get more facts about how Scott's father died. It was a hotel fire and the roof collapsed. Ray even commented on it saying that he's heard of Scott's father and he said that he was a very brave guy. Margie even starts talking about Scott a little bit and she's like, he is a good kid. She loves her son. She knows that he has some problems but he's a good person at heart if listeners can't gather from how we talked about how margie starts dating a new person who's also a firefighter that's how we find out that ray is Mm -hmm. the person that she starts dating Mm -hmm. how does she start dating him after that first impression my god (laughs) scott actually uh tries to get his life a little bit together I guess he was really taking Kelsey's advice of how he needed to figure his shit out, Mm -hmm. but he actually gets a job as a busboy. And his first day with anybody who's ever held a customer service job or when it deals with either retail or food service, people are awful. (laughs) His other coworkers like in him have to fight for their tips. They actually have to fight each other for tips. And I'm like, nobody's touching my tips. (laughs) It's so funny because Scott's like, I don't want to do this. You can have the tips. I don't want the tips. (laughs) It's so obvious he doesn't want to fight the dude because the guy he's has to fight because apparently if it's your first night, you have to fight. It's like fight club. Mm -hmm. Uh, The guy he has to fight is getting super into it. It's bouncing around each other. (laughs) A little dance. It's 
so funny. He's like, take your yeah. shot, boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> which in real life, um, the dude that he's fighting is a good friend of Pete Davidson. So it's kind of oh, really? cool. To, yeah, like a really oh, good friend of his. That just honestly makes it so much better. Totally. <laughs> Scott got knocked out in the first punch, you guys. <laughs> so he was out. Then time goes by. The way we know that is because we get this whole like montage of Margie and Ray going on dates. Margie has Scott at the dinner table and she tells Scott that she's dating. Mm -hmm. And at first Scott is like, that's great, mom, because he knows it's been 17 years. But as soon as he finds out who it is, he's like, that fucking prick, him. He's like, he's a fireman. That's fucked up. And it's funny because behind the scenes content, actually Mm -hmm. Pete Davidson wanted to have this movie revolve around him encouraging his mom to date because that's what he's been trying to do his whole life with his actual mother is encourage her to date and he's just been nothing but positive about it but Mm -hmm. Judd Apatow was like eh let's let's have it let's have more conflict so they make it where it's like what if the dude she wants to date is a firefighter and then they kind of oh right and then they kind of mix things up so it's kind of cute where you know he's like what no like he's putting limits on his mom's relationship when in actuality that's all Pete Davidson wanted was his mom mm-hmm. to have her own life. It always has to be stressed when it's loosely based on someone's totally. life. <laughs> totally. Honestly, Scott just nails the unintentional manipulative behavior. Ooh. The reason why I say this is because while he's like saying that's fucked up to his mom because she's mm-hmm. dating a fireman, he mm. starts at the end of it start saying in his argument he's like what did I do what did I do wrong mm-hmm. what did I do did I do something and then she ends up comforting him I kind of liked this because I got a little bit more into Pete Davidson's character mm-hmm. because I feel like he's showing how fucked it up it is it's showing that Scott is in the wrong yeah and Pete Davidson is aware of this Yeah, he's constantly playing the victim card. When things don't go his way, he plays that card again because it's so Mm -hmm. welled into his persona that he's just going to play it and hope people seek sympathy on him. This is how you know that this is going to be the huge conflict of the film Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he's not approving of his mom dating, not just Ray in general, but because Ray is a firefighter. He doesn't want his mom to date a firefighter. (sighs) (laughs) Margie and Ray decide to... To go and have a dinner date at Scott's work. Which I hated. We kind of guessed that Margie's like in the bathroom or something because yeah. Ray wants to talk to Scott alone. Yes. So Scott sits down. Ray starts saying, I know that it's weird to have your mom dating and maybe even like with a firefighter, but I really think I can make her happy. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell that Scott's not really okay with it because he's uncomfortable. <laughs> then we see Scott and he's about to do fight club all over. And he's like, I need to fight somebody. <laughs> but of course he still gets his ass kicked. <laughs> and then actually what, hap- what happens is that Ray ends up taking Scott to the <laughs> Staten Island Yankees game. They go together, but that's how we actually meet Ray's coworkers, his other fellow firefighters. They're all in the stands, all sitting together. They find out that Scott's father was a firefighter. Mm -hmm. One of the guys is like, hey, you ever think about putting on the jacket? And what he kind of means by that is, hey, Scott, do you ever feel like becoming a firefighter? And Scott immediately says, that's a fucking stupid question. So all the guys are looking at him and Scott starts going off, kind of ranting about firefighters 
like should never have families. They should never have kids because with being a firefighter, you have that enormous risk of losing your life, which is exactly what happened to Scott's father. And so firefighters shouldn't have families because once they die, their families are just left alone. And what's that supposed to do for them? You have people who are now widowers or widows, and then you have kids who don't have fathers or mothers now. And he's saying, he's going kind of off about how it just enormously affects the families. You see these firefighters who are listening to this and they all have families. You can see that it's like really hurting them. And Mm -hmm. it's sad because you know it's hurting them, but it's also hurting Scott because he's still so broken up about his father dying. And you can see the looks of the other firefighters. It goes from curiosity to hurt. They all like have families yeah. and yeah, just didn't know what to say to that. To be fair, one of them did ask him, no, 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 I want to hear what you have to say. It's not like he just went up to their faces and did this rant. So then we start seeing that Ray is spending the night at Margie's place. Mm -hmm. And of course, that makes Scott feel very uncomfortable. Margie and freaking Ray, they sit Scott down at the dinner table and they're like, it's time for you to get your own apartment. It kind of feels like an ambush because Ray is there, but Margie's saying that I've been there for you too much. And then Scott's like, what am I going to do? It's not like he has all this money saved up you know she's saying you have by summertime to move out and that means he has nine months to move out ray starts saying you need to pull your weight around here and so that means that ray is gonna have scott walk his kids to and from school on days that ray can't do it i love how scott immediately is like you want me to babysit I do drugs. Like he's obviously, <laughs> he's trying to get out of it. He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> Which I don't blame him. Cause what, like talk about mixed messaging where you have your mom saying she wants you to take more responsibility. And then suddenly you have Ray saying, oh, you're going to take care of my shit, my responsibilities. Yeah. It's like, wait, it just sounds like a cop out. It sounds like, oh, I have this problem. How am I going to fix it? Oh, let me blame it on Scott and him being irresponsible and give him stuff to do. Scott show up at Ray's ex-wife's house and she immediately was like who are you and he's like oh I'm Scott Ray's dating my mom saying that he has been informed that he has to walk Harold and Kelly Kelly's the little girl so he has to walk Harold and Kelly to and from school now but you see that he has to hold hands with the little kids and of course at first he's a little uncomfortable about it but then you see as viewers that he's actually starting to bond with these kids yeah and I'm like oh my god is he finding like a little bit of purpose this is so cute because he's like talking with these kids and he's asking them about school and then they're asking him about his tattoos it really is kind of like a sideshow to the whole movie I'm really thankful they kept it in it shows you like in the truest form he's not a bad guy he's not lazy he's not just wanting to keep to himself he really does enjoy interacting um especially with these little young kids and Mm -hmm. hearing about their day like he cares and it, it was it was such a good scene to add more dimension to his character kind of like how we saw a montage of Margie and Ray dating we now see like a montage of Scott walking Harold and Kelly to and from school and you see like their little conversations that they're having so it's really cute Mm -hmm. cut to Scott is with his friends they're parked kind of like across the street from this pharmacy and we find out that 
his friends are planning on breaking into the pharmacy to steal drugs. Yep. Again, I love the friend banter. It was hilarious yeah. because they were trying to get Scott in on this. And Scott's like, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. It's illegal. <laughs> you should do this. You're a best friend. And he's like, best friends don't make other friends do stupid, illegal shit. Like <laughs> they're all saying, just think of it like this. This is like what Jay-Z had to do to take care of his family because Jay-Z actually was a drug dealer like when he was younger. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, but what about his friends? Aren't they all like on jail or dead now? And they're like, like, we're, we're Jay-Z in this situation. And of course, Scott is like, we can't all be Jay-Z. That doesn't work. <laughs> like, the four of us can't all be Jay-Z. Totally. <laughs> and then, so they're getting a little upset at him. So they're all saying, we do a lot of stuff for you, Scott. You should do this for us. And he's like, what have you done for me? And he's like, oh, I don't know. How about the time when you thought you had testicular cancer and you made me come over and touch your balls? And he's like, I would have done it for you. Like, oh my God. It's a whole thing. It's hilarious. And then they tell him that they're not a huge fan of his tattoos. Scott ends up walking off because he's not down for it. He's not going to be a part of this whole plan. I just loved that scene. I was laughing so hard. Scott, Ray, and Margie all go to visit Scott's sister, Claire while she's at college. So it's their first time actually visiting her while she's at college. Mm -hmm. And Scott actually ends up going to a college party with his sister, Claire. Mm -hmm. And you see that they're having fun together. Yeah. I like when's the last time they really had fun together. Like, yeah, that? I don't even know. But after they went to the college party and everything, they're walking together late at night. Scott is like, so what are we going to do about Ray? And I'm like, what is this? The parent trap? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Claire is like, not on board with breaking up Ray and mom, because that's what Scott wants to do. He wants somehow mm -hmm. to come up with a plan to have Margie break up with Ray. And Claire starts saying, Mom seems happy. She's trying to tell Scott to stay out of it. Mom's happy. Just don't do anything, okay? Mm -hmm. But Scott, he's in this conversation, but he's not really listening to what Claire's saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we see how as on the drive home with Ray and Margie, they think that Scott has his headphones on, yeah. but Ray and Margie are saying that Scott seems so lost mm -hmm. right now. And... Scott hears it. I'm guessing because he heard that about how he seems so lost and mm -hmm. then how even Claire's not on board with breaking up Margie and Ray. That's when he decides that he's going to be the lookout for this robbery. We don't really see him decide it, but yeah. how in the next scene he's actually the lookout he's there i feel like when when he's most depressed that's when he makes dumb decisions this planned robbery does not go well nope the reason why is because even though uh, scott is the lookout the pharmacist and his wife actually kind of like yeah. live above this pharmacy and so they wake up and then they have guns and they start shooting at mm -hmm. his friends. I did laugh though, because while Scott is hearing these gunshots and he doesn't know what to do. Oh yeah. He tries to text his friends and he starts calling them yeah. and you hear the office theme song start playing from one of the friend's phone oh. and then you hear and then you hear push it by salt and pepper and then you hear scott leave a voicemail and he's like hey guys uh so i was just wondering about how like when, when you're gonna be done with the you know the that thing like just uh let me know <laughs> but while that was really funny uh one of his friends actually does get shot like in the shoulder mm -hmm. so his friends actually get arrested but scott 
he gets yeah. away, so he's not arrested. He calls his sister, and his sister is berating him. Why would you do that? That's a felony, you know? Mm-hmm. And he starts saying that it's Ray's fault. He's blaming it on someone else. Mm-hmm. Then Claire's like, stop acting like you. And then yeah. he's like, I got this. And then she's like, what, what, what do you mean? And he's like, I got this. And she's like, you don't got anything. Don't do anything. Because viewers were like, whoa, what does he mean? Scott actually goes over to Ray's ex-wife's house. Mm-hmm. They're just drinking wine and they're smoking some weed. The reason why he's over there is that he's actually trying to get some dirt on mm-hmm. Ray. He wants to learn like what kind of person Ray is so he can yeah. tell his mom, Marge. Yeah. We find out that Ray is actually trying to not have custody and actively trying to get out of it. We also find out that he lost a lot of their money before uh, because of a gambling addiction. Mm-hmm. We find out some of this dirt about Ray. And in the next scene, we don't see Scott tell his mom, but we find out that it was an off-screen discussion. The reason why we know that is because Ray goes into the backyard where Scott is, Mm -hmm. and he starts, like, having a huge fight with Scott. I'm not even talking about a verbal fight, you guys. They have a physical fight. They start, like, pushing each other around. Ray throws Scott into into the (laughs) pool. During this fight, Ray says to Scott that his dad was an asshole. He's like, I knew your dad and he was an asshole. They start fighting, like, even dirtier because for someone to say that about your dad, dead dad that's awful Mm -hmm. and so margie sees them she not only breaks up with ray but we see that she also kicks them both out so now ray and scott are both kicked out she's kind of she's kind of done with both of them totally and And i don't blame her scott doesn't really know where to go he visits his friends in jail we find out that Carla is actually a real person. We see that she's making an actual visitation to Igor. And yeah. so they're like, oh my God, she's real. Like she's this really hot girl and she's real. But we actually find out that they're going to be incarcerated for three to five months. And Scott, though, isn't allowed to stay at his friend's house while he's incarcerated. Scott has nowhere to go. Totally. So he decides that he's going to go over to Kelsey's house Um, and him and Kelsey have sex. And then after they have sex, he asks her if it's okay to stay there for a few days. Then it goes from a few days to a few weeks and then maybe a few months. And Kelsey, when she realizes that he had ulterior motives pretty much Mm -hmm. for coming over, she's like, you're here fucking for shelter. And she says, you're so crazy that you make other people crazy. And she kicks him out. He's walking around. It's nighttime. He has nowhere to go. And so he decides that he's going to go to the firehouse that Ray works at. Scott goes up to Ray because Ray's there. Mm -hmm. And he apologizes to Ray for what happened. And he asks if he could stay in the firehouse. They allow Scott to stay in the firehouse as long as he kind of like earns his stay there. So he's cleaning. He has to do some work around the place. We see this scene where the firefighters get this whole alarm. So they know that there's a fire and they have to hurry up and go. 
And I don't know why, like, I felt like that was very important for Scott's character to see that because it really kind of humanizes the firefighters, especially after he had that huge rant to them about families. We finally see how Ray is actually doing the one, like, he's actually walking his kids from school at one point. And so he's talking to his son, Harold, and Harold is saying that he's really enjoying the time he spends with Scott. Scott drew Harold a really cool potential tattoo drawing, like art piece. Mm-hmm. I think it dealt with the Punisher, but he, Ray looks at it and he's like, wow, that's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> because, and then he's like, maybe he really could be a tattoo artist. That's actually pretty decent. Yeah. And so because of that, he actually offers Scott his back, his whole back to practice tattooing. So Scott actually goes on a ride along with them. And I'm like, in my notes, big moment, because that's huge for someone who not only had a firefighter dad, but lost his dad in a fire yeah. because of his job. Wow, this is huge. And he's seen them being put to work. He's seen them get the hoses out. He's seen yeah. them like trying to fight the fire and windows exploding and like combusting. He's actually watching the firefighters and yeah. you can tell he's getting a little worried, but Papa comes up to him. And he's like, Hey, don't worry. I know it looks sad, but they know what they're doing. It was an intense fire, but they're all fine. And they all get a beer after. And it's actually really nice because you see how they're all talking about what it's like being a firefighter. They all get scared, but they have a job to do. And mm-hmm. their job is trying to protect these buildings, protect the people as much as they can. Yeah. And they all start actually talking about Scott's father. And they're like, we all knew your dad. He never got scared. And so they all start telling stories about his father to him. It was actually very nice to see because Scott's getting to know his father in a different light. Mm-hmm. And then Papa even says at one point, your father was a hero and heroes are necessary mm-hmm. and heroes deserve families. It kind of just brings up a point how Scott was ranting about how firefighters shouldn't have families. Yeah, it was, that really was a heartfelt moment. Just and, and to hear Scott say, my mom tells me all these stories about how much my dad's like a saint. Yeah. I would love to hear stories that make him more of a human. And they're and they're talking about like more coke stories. Yeah. But, but I I, th- I thought that was so good. He even explains to them, you don't understand the amount of pressure I'm under, thinking this guy's perfect. So just for them to share those stories, you see how they're like cathartic it is for him. The next morning is actually when Ray offers up his back for tattooing practice and a little bit of a heartfelt moment with Scott because he's like, I want to see you do well. And Scott is the one who says, I love you to Ray. Yeah. Because we don't, we don't really know the exact timeline that he's been at the firehouse living with Ray. Yeah. So we know it's been probably a few months now. Mm-hmm. You see how even more time goes by because Scott is practicing his tattooing on Ray's back. Then the firefighters are on another alarm call. So they all go to help save another building and stop another fire. Mm-hmm. As Scott is sitting in a chair, just waiting in the firehouse, this random person comes up to him and he's like bleeding from his abdomen. And Scott oh, is no. like, whoa, whoa, man, <laughs> what happened? And then the guy is like, my vape pen exploded in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And Scott immediately is like, dude, we need to get you to the hospital. We need to call the cops. And then the dude, hey, 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 hey. We don't need to get the government involved in this. <laughs> and then Scott's like, 
dude, I am so high right now. I can't help you. (laughs) You know, something sketch happened though. Eventually Scott takes him to the hospital, gets him admitted. Mm -hmm. And I think Ray meets up with him too, doesn't he? Ray comes in and with his firefighter connections, he's able to get the guy like admitted right away into the ER. And by the way, the guy does lift up his shirt, by the way. We see the wound and I see flesh, but because they're in the ER, we see that Margie is actually working her shift. And so Mm -hmm. she sees the two of them, Mm -hmm. Margie, Ray, and Scott actually all start kind of talking to each other. Margie's like, oh, you got blood on your clothes. And so Ray takes off his shirt and that's when Margie sees all of his tattoos. That's when the viewers see all of his tattoos. And let me tell you guys, it's like a bunch of random shit. You got some things that uh, Ray said he didn't want back. So you got like some Chinese symbols. You got some other things on there, like some cartoons. But then you see this one. Scott decided to do a tattoo of Scott, Margie, Ray, Claire, and his dead father like his dad on Ray's back and you can see that Margie's like getting all choked up by it kind of like a family portrait of all of them (laughs) yeah and then they actually end up having a group hug it was really cute yeah oh you guys but (laughs) so then we see that Scott and Margie are having a conversation and he's telling her about living in the firehouse with all the firefighters and he is accepting that, hey, my dad had issues too. And it actually makes me feel better because it just makes it seem like he's everybody else now. And he apologizes to his mom for being so hard to deal with, but he's really trying to get it together. Then Ray actually drops Scott off somewhere and he's yeah. like, go get him. And so we're like, whoa, where's he going? And yeah. he's at the, this ferry terminal. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he's at the ferry terminal is because Kelsey is actually going to have a civil service test in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And so he actually shows up to the ferry and she's like, oh, whoa, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I wanted to be here for moral support. So they actually take the ferry to Manhattan together and he's saying that he can help her study for her test. And as he's helping her study, he's like, Hey, I I love you like a lot. And I just don't really know how to express it. And they kiss when they finally dock and he walks her to the building where she's about to take her civil service test. And she's like, Hey, do you mind waiting for me? And he's like, yeah. How much, how long is it going to be? She's like three and a half hours. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll find something to do. (laughs) So now they're pretty much boyfriend and girlfriend and she goes into the building to take her civil service test. And so you see how he looks out at Manhattan Mm -hmm. and you actually see that he looks up. And I actually found out that the reason why he looks up is because the director decided to have him stand in this one place because where he's looking is actually where the Twin Towers were. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... That's actually how it, the movie ends. We see how Scott is looking up, but we don't really see where he's looking. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. And we see a picture of Pete Davidson's actual father with him when he was a little kid. And we see that the movie is dedicated to Scott Davidson. And then that's when I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that his real father's name was Scott. So it just like makes it even sweeter to me because mm. he decided to have his character named Scott. <laughs> and again, Pete Davidson actually did lose his father as a firefighter when he was seven years old. And it wasn't in a hotel fire, though, how it was mm-hmm. depicted in the film. It was actually because of 9-11. Yeah. So, you know. yeah. <laughs> 
this one like really tugged at the heartstrings sometimes, man. Well, what's really cool about it, it really is a journey. And <laughs> I feel like, you know, from our last episode with Birds of Prey, I feel like this is what I was missing. This did such a great job with character development. You see him in the beginning being suicidal and having no direction to finally being with this, you know, ragtag team of firefighters who all are not perfect and he even learns that his dad's not perfect no you know pete davidson calls you know the king of staten island a love letter to his mom and also a way to let go referring to his father who died it was really powerful i thought it was the direction was really well done had such a great balance of comedy but also addressing the darker sides of life you can hear me i really liked it I loved this film. <laughs> yep. was so impressed. The direction of the film, how they handled the subject matter, and also just Pete Davidson's performance in general. I was so impressed. Yeah. And there was a lot of funny moments that I really appreciated. And the character development was yes. important to the film. And like, Sometimes with films, you don't just watch it just to watch whatever is happening. You want to see progress with the story. And you really did get that with this one. But after this film, there was a lot of the scenes that Tan and I actually wanted to talk about. A lot of those pinnacle points. And I thought acting was well done. It's Scott versus Scott. Yeah. And he ends up like getting his shit together. Yeah. And it takes a while and it takes some help, but he does Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I am just so ready to watch this movie again. Honestly. Me too. Me I'm too. surprised with how much I liked it. What rating would you give this film? I really want to give this a grade instead of a rating. You know, I want to grade this. And for a grade, I'm going to give this a B plus. A B plus? Yes. I'm going to give this a B plus. I feel like A is really reserved for like top tier movies i would not say this is a top tier movie but overall i would watch it again i would recommend this to others it's not a happy ending necessarily you don't you don't see him skipping around in love Uh, he hasn't solved all of his problems no he still has a lot to work through but you see him being okay so overall this film does such a great job tackling mental health raising awareness this was a thought provoker for me which is funny because again it's comedy you think of pete davidson you think of snl and you don't think thought provoking but i thoroughly enjoyed watching it what about you what would you rate the movie i'm gonna give it a more of a notch for myself i'm gonna do an a minus then nice you do get this huge sense of closure Mm -hmm. Not just for Scott, but probably even for yourself as a person that a lot of people are going through their own shit Mm -hmm. and nobody is perfect. Mm -hmm. I think this film does a really great job at showing the aspects of character development of Scott because you see how he is in the beginning and compared to how he is at the end of the film. Like, yeah, his problems are not all dandy Mm -hmm. and everything's like butterflies and rainbows, Mm -hmm. but he has a huge sense of closure and you get that as a viewer yourself. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. One way that I could see it improving, I feel like it kind of was more surface level with going over mental health And, you know, it's supposed to be a comedy. I'm sure Pete Davidson just wanted it to be a conversation starter. I probably would have rated it higher if it 
got more into the meat of it but again it is a comedy so now that we just gave our reviews for this film the king of satin island delaney mm -hmm. can you give us a few hints about what our next movie is gonna be this next film it's gonna be more along the lines of our first episode the invisible man it's more of a thriller and it was just recently released. I think it was released June 18th, 2020. I hope you guys join us next week when we go over this thriller and hopefully we'll give you some good insight about whether it's worth to rent or worth to eh, probably skip. Thank you guys so much for sitting in and listening to us talk about movies that we watch. I, I know sometimes these recordings can be more on the meteor side, but we really do enjoy talking about movies and we're very appreciative to be given this chance to talk about and discuss it. We are available on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. We also have an Instagram page, which is real, R-E-E-L, dot expectations so go ahead and follow us there we always post what movies we are featuring as well as some film facts and then even one of our favorite quotes from the movies that we watch as well so be sure to follow that if you want to keep up to date with the content that we release thank you so much for joining us that's a wrap up the king of staten island right there <laughs>